This episode is brought to you by AC Infinity. The Ion Beam Kit is AC Infinity's full-spectrum LED bar lighting. This kit includes a lighting controller, four LED grow light bars, and four steel bars that allow for flexible mounting on any part of the grow tent. Its unibody housing and aluminum board feature full-spectrum Samsung LM301H white LEDs. And the beauty of it is, you can integrate this with all the AC Infinity products in your garden. And if for some reason you don't already have the Controller 6.9 Pro, well, this kit includes an innovative controller that features four brightness intensity levels and four daily timer settings. This LED is not only efficient, but very affordable, especially when using that discount code, the stash 15 at checkout. G420, I think, has a great question that we can start things off with if oh, we haven't yeah, already. Let's start at this because we're recording um, now. Yeah, on the stage podcast. Hey, it's your boy. I haven't said it in forever. You, you called me out last week on it. <laughs> from the stash podcast, it's your boy Robin Steel TV Pigeon Four Twenty and Mister Grow It. I was like, don't we have an intro though, or do we ixnay the that intro? part? My little talking thing. We did. That's right. It still introduces after the introduction. <laughs> That's right. You have to, guys. And if you're going to call <laughs> us out on it, you can add us in the comment section below because sometimes our trolls are our most active viewers, and we appreciate you guys for participating. Um, G Four Twenty asks, uh, "What's up, guys?" Chilling, man. Hope you're well. Uh, had some t- or had two cultivars of feminized beans turn ermy. Any thoughts on why? And this, I, the reason I picked this one out is not only was it highlighted as a first time chatter question, but because we actually um, kind of came across this when we were visiting Viva Las Vegas and we had received some beans um, from a breeder. And it's safe to say that the majority of these. Well, A, they were feminized, but B, the majority of these majority of these have turned out to be problematic. They're they're, they're rife with issues. They are hermaphroditic uh, in nature. Um and I'm not I'm trying to be kind. I'm not trying I to be know, ours. Great guy. Um, great guy. But but great hey, shoes. you know what? This is this is the str- I loved issues. This yeah. is the struggle of uh, of of just starting off, getting ready, but is a lesson to be had by all. Unfortunately, I don't think they were hardy enough. I don't think they had been tested long enough. And really those traits had been removed is ultimately what had happened. It was, it's instability is a better way to put it. Um, I would argue that if you have feminized seeds and they more than one are, are showing hermaphroditic tendencies, it's a stability issue. And it would probably be best to avoid purchasing genetics from there in the future. However, I would argue that I would get in contact with whoever you purchase those beans from, and I would be asking for either replacements, a refund, something. They may not give you a refund, but they might be able to provide more beans, even though maybe those beans are going to be an issue. More junk yeah. beans. <laughs> I think it depends on what type of hermia they're talking about. You're talking about the ones that, you know, you flip the flower, it starts to flower, female pistols, and then all of a sudden you start seeing pollen sacs alongside. That's one type. And then you've got the other type of hermia, which nanners, right? A lot of people have uh, encountered nanners that come out of the buds, whether it be an early flowering, it's happened. You know, it's when you stress out the plant too much, that's typically how you get nanners or towards the end of the run. And then nanners just just start popping out because um, that's what they do if you run it too long. But um, the first type of hermy is, uh, from what I've learned and what I'm, I'm told, is that it's that's a genetic issue, right? It's not due to too much stress. So uh, I'm assuming that's probably what you're you're talking about. Um, yeah, that that's no bueno there. I would definitely, like Pigeon said, I would talk to the breeder and mention, hey, I've got 
two of them that turned. You know, they went from flowers, all of a sudden sacks started showing in early flowering. Um, yeah, that's that's a stability issue um, from from what I I know of. So, yeah, sucks well, to hear I that. Think, I think even with uh, excuse me, Chris, my bad. Uh, with the stress, that still is a genetic issue because a lot of the original cultivars that have been out there, they were in the most rough climates and that's how they've gotten their characteristics. So with a lot of these new, more finicky ones, we'll say, or ones that weren't necessarily meant for harder grow, those ones, honestly, I feel like don't, uh, don't meet the, meet the cut. And that's going to be stress that can contribute to that factor too, but it's going to hundred percent be those genetics that did it. I've had, um, King Louis the 13, some of the tastiest stuff I ever had, no matter what, no matter what, I got beans in it always, every time. And it really got to the point where I just wasn't worth the squeeze. And every time I got something from that same breeder, I ran into the same thing. But I, what I noticed is the way I was feeding my plants, the way I was training my plants, everything I was doing was a little bit too harsh for these cultivars. And that was my step into the finicky world. And I've never gotten a uh, herming from like Headbanger or any of the ones I've grown in the past that I really liked or. Um, few others we'll just say that i've had on the channel those ones have all been finicky genetics like they weren't necessarily ones that would hurt me the ones that have hurt me i don't even call those finicky i call that just bad genetic which is right what it is. you can deal with seeds but honestly like that just wasn't properly Sorry. done it has potential but it wasn't properly I, done i i i think if you were to say that a specific genetic was going to be like sensitive or fragile I put it on the onus of the breeder to put that as a as a little disclaimer when you purchase those genetics. I remember, and again, shout out to the OG boys, uh, Ocean Grown. When I would, I don't know if I, I can't give you too much information, but when I was when I was getting the dreadnought, the dreadnought being diesel and lineage. If I'm not mistaken, it was a sour diesel and lineage. They were very very specific when they said that this is going to be a genetic they knowing your training style is going to be a little sensitive and i said okay so starting off i wasn't that aggressive but as i worked into it i i took it gradually and i thought and i worked with it but my point is is that if it is going to be something that's phonetic like the dreadnought og that i was that i was growing with i put the onus on the breeder to say hey maybe sensitive to extreme training you're trying to pull a pound out of this thing maybe prone to you know some tendencies and that's and you can't fix that you can't well maybe with through years of 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 kind of weaning out that trait but that that could be just the way it is you know it's prone to stress that's you you don't deserve a refund for that if you trained this girl and you were trying to get it to fill a four by four tent she threw beans at you that's not the breeder's fault and I wouldn't say it's your fault either. I'm just, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, you're a victim of your circumstances, really. So, yeah. good, good question. Good question. Good question. No, I think there's, there's a big difference too between uh, plants that hurt me from the genetics and based on environmental factors. But I still feel like if the environment's doing it to some cultivars and not others, that's still a genetic uh, deficiency, we'll call it. I just don't want to have anything in my garden that's going to hinder the performance of others. I had one that seeded up the whole room, and that was for almost a year I dealt with it. Over at Franklin Fields, it had one room that for an entire year, somehow, they would just find beans in it. 
no matter what one room and they cleaned it thoroughly like a commercial girl has to be it seemed it's like the 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 pollen is just so uh so hard to get cleaned up thoroughly you know so i feel the more that you look into your genetics and the more that you pay attention to what you got that's the key right now in this this grow game is genetics 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 it's all about that it's all about those specific cannabinoids and things that are unique to what you like but then you also got to know that some are going to be harder than others to get the best results without dealing with some beans you know like i i loved that turf i probably would have kept it around had it i only just monocrop and only grew the one that was you know beaning up on me but i wasn't going to have my other stuff just be all it, it hinders the process of growth in your plant when it's trying to reproduce it, it's not going to grow flower if it's trying to grow babies we'll say next question what signs or factors give you the notion to 86 your plants 86 throw them out kill them off um, I think it's situational, really. I mean, where the heck does me, 86 come from? That's 86, beyond, like, yeah. restaurant. I read that and I was like, I don't get it. 86 restaurants. Huh. I got a cigar wrap on my lip. Do we need to look up the definition before we move on? Yeah, I didn't get it. Oh, 86. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, a food I, industry thing. Oh, police code. Hmm. I worked in, my first job was a busser. I was oh. a line cook. I read your comment and I, I, I overlooked it because I didn't understand what 86 meant. I didn't know what it was. Uh, eject or bar someone from a restaurant. Oh, okay. They were accused of cheating and 86 from their favorite casino. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Moving on. Go Throw ahead. Sorry, out. Chris. Sorry so. to. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You know, he's got to learn a new lingo. He's going to bring this up to Canada. Now all of Canada is going to go 86. It's going to spread. <laughs> 86. Yeah. That's a common here in Las Vegas. They've 86, 86 from casinos. I mean, that makes sense. No longer yes. allowed to be, to be out here. Okay. Anyways, um, I, I think it's situational for, for seedlings, for example, right? I mean, I think we've all probably done it where we kind of overwatered our seedlings. Once you overwater, you know, in the first week or two, um, not really first week, seven to 10 days, if there's a stunt in growth, uh, you could actually plant another seed and have that outgrow the stunted one. So like oftentimes I'll, you know, I'll wipe it out just entirely. Uh, luckily, it's been a little while since I've made that mistake. It's been several years, but uh, it, it's happened. It's happened. Um, other issues to kind of just kill off the plant. If uh, I mean, we talked about Hermes just a little while ago. If I get nanners that happen mid-flowering, you know, if they happen before week, uh, probably week five or earlier, I'll just toss the plant. You know, I'll, I'll take the hit on it. Some people will go in there with tweezers, try to pluck off those nanners. Um, sometimes they just grow right back. Other times, though, it'll kind of slow down, but um, I found it very tedious, and um, you know, I was able to just kill off those plants at the time. Um, that's kind of most most of the reasons why I would kill off a plant. You know, some people will kill off their plants if like it's there's just a stunted growth, and you've got other plants that are just going. Whether it be like a phenol hunt, for example, you're killing off plants as you're going along. Um, you know, that's a possibility. As well, like, pigeons is like flying I'm just thinking, away over there. I was like, I know he's gonna. He's forgetting one thing. <laughs> Go ahead, fill me in. What, what, what would bugs? Uh, what's your reasoning? Bugs, man. Infestations, yeah. Infestation, or, yeah, yeah or, that's uh, probably diseases. one of the biggest things that I've tossed to. Uh, most, like Chris is right. Uh, you know, you, you got to really decide where you want to put your effort. You, you know, is are you gonna work this one out through veg? Before you flower, because I used to believe in the phrase, if in doubt, flower it out. 
God, don't do that. God, don't <laughs> do that. Please don't do that. You're going to yield um, a quarter of what you could have, you know? At best, if you're yeah. lucky. Um, no, uh, you know, it, get it figured out before you go to flower. But for me, bugs, man. Uh, I, I'm trying to avoid saying saying the dreaded one, but there's so many that you don't want to have. Um, but of course, spider mites. Yes, yeah, uh, those actually uh, it's painful to see those pictures. I mean, I had somebody post a picture on my form, beautiful bud, like beautiful colors were coming on everything, and all of a sudden there's a web, web and spiders clearly visible. We're just like, oh no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's, oh, you know nobody wants. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you know, and but of course with the amount of people that come forward to me with their garden pictures, inquiries, questions, and uh, they they're asking, um, you know, how, <laughs> when do I toss in the towel? And the reality is, is if you're seeing if if you if you're in flower, it, like really it's tough, man. Um, if you're in flower, good luck. You know, it's really you're hanging on for dear life at that point. If you see webs, on, like I, it's not even, uh, I can't even say that. If you see webs, they're already mating. They are already uh, excrementing, if that's a word. They're sh sorry. For, oh, I, sorry, Jesse. Shout uh, out to Jesse. Yeah, shout out to Jesse. He's going to make sure that YouTube didn't hear that. Um, they're, 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 ex uh, they're excrement, excrementing. I'm not sure what the word Excreting. is. Ah, thank you. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's like the word converse. People say conversate to say they're having a conversation with someone. Oh, yeah, we had a conver we conversate. No, it's a converse. We conversed. But anyways, yes, I get it. Uh, We're getting on details. Um, but it, yeah, yeah. Converse. See, this is what happens when a few guys get high and have a great conversation you know, with our friends. You're on twitch.tv slash from the stash. If you're watching on YouTube, come join. However, um, that's the reality situation is if you see bugs, you see mites, uh, they're already doing things to your plants that I personally don't want to smoke. Uh, so if you're in flower and you see spider mites, now are you, what about thrips? Ah, thrips are different. I think you can wash those sons of guns off, yeah. but there, there's a habitat to those bugs, right? So they're not just on your plant. They're living on your plant. So they're reproducing, they're going to the bathroom, they're treading, they're doing all kinds of things that, you know, maybe a bud wash won't handle. So. Well, Can eighty six think about bugs. if you got a perpetual grow, do you want to keep that around? No. Nah. Like, do you do you want to have the next grow deal with that? And just like Chris said, the quickest way to bounce back is to start over. I know it sounds crappy. I but hate it, to be that. It's a lot easier to you're gonna you're gonna get better results from a healthy clone or or seed or bean versus one that's stressed out. Like, I mean, literally, even if you got something that get it healthy enough to take cuts of and restart. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've had such better results doing that because then I know what I did wrong. I see where the issue was and I see that this was my mess up. You know, basically, uh, uh, my plants have gotten STDs, a slacker transmitted disease or transmitted disease because I was being a slacker, you know, and I wasn't being on top of it with IPM or I wasn't making sure that my humidity and temperature were regulated in a <laughs> tent that didn't have my AC infinity set up in it. It got to the point where now whenever there's an issue and I see it's like, well, it's going to take me two, three weeks to get this plant healthy. Or I could just take cuts off these healthy pieces here and, and get rid of her. And my mom will flip out. She can't stand it. She'll like, just put it outside, Robert. And I'm like, no, you're going to get a quarter at most. And it's just going to keep these bugs or keep this disease around. Like, no, if you can fight it, fight it. And it's tough to say this to somebody in, in Canada or in a place that has a four plant maximum. Because you're like, dude, I've got four and I have other clones and other things. 
you still are going to be better off to take that one plant and cut it into other pieces and make loans. Like, honestly, yep. I just feel like that's a better, a better not thing. Saying, well, I was going to say, when you want to 86, it, that's all subjective, but you just got to know that it's not the end of the world. If you can keep the genetic, it's not the end of the world. Right. And that's the problem though, with genetics. I posted on my Twitter the other day that, you know, genetics, the price of genetics are incredible. It's $10 a gram, $10 a seed, bean, whatever you want to refer to it as in order to not have to worry about prosecution of shout out to our editor jesse that's who it is. thank you jesse you're doing such a great job this is the man um I, they're expensive man and i get it and you can work through just about everything you know what i mean so yeah if you get to a case where you just want to exonate it because you've got more beans at your disposal you have the ability to take clones from something that hasn't been infested then yeah do that do that but you can get through just about anything as someone who has gotten through just about anything except for an infestation from you know spider mites in late flower that's really tough one to get by so put pressure through persevere persevere triple p yep Uh, it's a good question good question explosive odin big shout out to you for the subscription over here if you're watching over on youtube or listening somewhere this made it to your your lap uh, check us out over on Twitch every Thursday live, twitch.tv slash from the stash. We do our thing. There's a little extra you may not see here. You might see it on Patreon, but it's a little more strict over on the, the other platforms. Here, even though people are saying it's we got to vacate and go somewhere else, we got to kick it out. I don't know. They like cigars. So <laughs> we Gucci Mane. We Gucci Mane. Chris, you got our next one? Yeah. Daddy Jake TV asks. What's y'all thoughts on dabs? So I love the flavor you get from dabs. I mean, I think uh, enails are a must. I mean, the torch method, I mean, it's just there, you don't get as much control. I feel like stuff is wasted. Um, I use the freeze pipe enail. It's game changer for me. And um, yeah, I freaking love dabs. I actually have a rosin press. Uh, I've been dying, dying to use, fiending to use it, like kind of itching a little bit to use. It. I haven't used it in a little while, but I uh, love dabs. I think that's another situational thing, right? It's like, <laughs> can't really, I don't really wake up in the morning and just go right to dabs. I um, usually save for the evenings, I guess, and just really get blitzed out. It's really when I really, really want it. Want something to hit me hard, I'll go after the dabs. What Do you, you remember a High Rollers event? Oh my God, I was going to say it. <laughs> Both of you is hilarious. Hey, Chris, you want to take down a six foot two, 200 pound fella? You know how you do that? Uh, you let the Dr. Dabber guys load you up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Oh my ridiculous. god! It was tasty. It was delicious. It was great. Shout out Swank! But oh god, they these boys up, man! I was, oh, was good. I had to sit down. I, I mean, I was like trembling. Chris went and chilly. It was just like, <laughs> looked like we both like lost he, money. He made it through the night somehow. My uh, my Apple Watch went off, alerting my heart rate went up and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, flavor is for me too. That's all it's about. I don't like the the choke. On the toke, I'll do extra low temp. I got the uh, Puffco Peak brought to you by Trey Strong. Big shout out to him for bringing that. Um, you know, people are real particular on they like rosin or live hash rosin versus live resin or wax or, or any of the other things. If it's good flavor, I don't really care. I'm not one of those guys. There's been some really amazing live resin that I've had, and there's been some really average live rosin I've had. But I feel like it's all about the, the cultivar you're growing with. But now there's so many more like experts in this field. Next week, uh, we're going to the Hareem event. It's a single source wash off. 
So it's like a contest and it's people who grew, processed and washed their own stuff. It's legacies underground. That's where that M dot dude I was talking about, the M dot B dot um, inside joke. You guys got to check yeah, out. Yeah, there's lots of those. Know. But um, it's going to be a great time going out there and you see the difference in just amazing quality rosin. Nothing I've had anywhere else. Like the flavors are so unique and so insane. The look is like white. Like literally there's stuff that looks like white, like my Wesco cup. Like it's insane, dude. And then variety of different types of things, but it's always, you know, live hash rosin is what we're getting here. But there's been stuff that I've had that's been live resin that I didn't know was live resin. And I was like, damn, this is some fire rosin. And like, no, nah, it's resin. And my mind's going back to scraping my bowl as a kid. I'm like, ooh. But no, it's a different process, chemical extraction, which some people still freak out about. But I was one of those guys hitting them, them BHOs, you know what I'm saying? Young yeah. sheets just. Man, dabs purge. all day, baby. Dabs Stove all day. Purge. I was a first time I ever did it, I was literally with a, 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 like a water bath, just water whipping, water whipping. And it was not tasty at all. Now you evolve uh-huh. into the space and you see the better extraction methods. But it's tough because in the streets, just like at the dispo, the cost for that is insane. That's why a lot of people go to the live resin. You look at baller jars or things like that. I just personally, I put it in my blunts and my cigars. We'll say I love that flavor, the extra additional flavor. You put it in the right spot. It's almost like a donut properly down the middle, not right where it burns. And it just slowly melts through. It's just bueno. Yeah, man. I, if I may, we uh, I actually have a an episode on my other podcast called Highly Motivated. Check it out. Um, it, we we actually discussed whether concentrates are the future, and I strongly believe that they are. You know, whether or not we want to admit it or not, there will always be a place for flour, but concentrates are easier. They're more direct. It's more concentrated. You can get exactly what you need without the combustion of the flour you know the the let's face it when you toke back on on flour there's a lot of bad parts of that that your body doesn't need you know it combusts the flour portion which is bad for your lungs um you'll consume maybe vaping might be a better option but then you know getting right to the concentrated form is probably one of the most direct and most efficient ways of getting the product now with that being said I don't believe I will ever, you know, be solely committed to concentrates. I'll be flowered till I die. There's something about taking a good, healthy vase hit that just rings the bell. And I love that. Now, every soccer mom, or not every soccer mom, but soccer moms, you know, um, you know, whether I'm at a hockey tournament with my boy, you know, it's just so convenient to pull out a pen, hit that thing and away you go. Um, so there is a place for concentrates, and I think there forever will be. So you you, you can't get away from them. Um, for the record, I was dabbing that day at High Rollers. Oh, oh made it all night. Man. Love that. It was oh, so man. much fun. He's it was dab man. central over there. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, but BHO, yeah, like I smoked a, a a fair amount of butane to 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 get my process figured out. Uh, I, not only now do I, I have done. I'm I'm still I still do a lot of BHO uh, allegedly. Um, but you know, the press is by far the most efficient and effective way, or maybe not the effective, but the most efficient way to, no, I actually, it's the safest way. I can't even say it's the most efficient because no, using solvents would actually probably be more efficient, but, um, it's the healthiest way, you know, press to press. 
So that's what I want to get into. I've become really good at my BHO process and extraction. Um, but yeah, pro concentrates here. But God, do I love my Vaz hits. Yeah, I'm a flower child myself forever. I just, I like, I like smoking. I like flower. Yeah, I like smoking out of cigars too. And that brings up our I next like question. What, what you Is that what you were going for? Is that a question? Mostly for Rob. He's a frosty bite. Rob. says, uh, what do you prefer? Uh, what's your preferred cigar? He said he's like backwoods. You probably can't show this. Frontal leaf? These are such cigars. It's just, it's a box. Oh, you're right. It's a cigar. Yep. It's a box. Right. Just a box. A I don't box. know what's in there. Yep. We don't condone <laughs> that box, do we? Who knows what's in this box? Dutch <laughs> Master Berry Fusion, which is actually what I go after too. I, I freaking love those. Yeah. And the problem is, is the quality control there is not there. We'll say, you know, I've had a lot of times where I get a pack of two and there's a pack of one. Or really? broken oh yeah it's insane like so much so that it's comical like me and trey laugh about it i'll have uh one that's split already halfway one area halfway the other so it's not salvageable other ones so dry you can hear it pop when you're opening it so yeah but i like the way they smoke the best i don't like smoking any of their blunts like uh brothers broadleaf they've got some pretty good ones but they're expensive it's 25 bucks for a pack they smoke like at a mill yep yep Really now he put me on to him and I put Trey on to him and Trey always pulls up with him. It looks like a backwood, but it's like the best version of a backwood. Rolls really good and it's processed differently. Very small handcraft or handmade artesian style, but it's expensive for, for them and they're backwarded constantly. So, hmm. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Very nice. Um, Moron710 nice. Mo asked a question in regards to pros and cons of two autos in a single 18-gallon pot versus individual five-gallon pots. Chris, anyone? Go ahead. I'm not, I'm not going to criticize him for growing autos. Go ahead. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I mean, gonna, there's lots kidding, of pros and cons, right? I mean, one downside you could potentially run into if you've got two different cultivars there, two different phenos might be uptaking the nutrients differently if you're using synthetics. You know, how do you adjust that feed for each plant individually? You kind of aren't able to do that. Now, if you're going organically, you know, maybe you're just top dressing, have an organic blend, the plants are uptaking what they need when they need it type thing. That'll be good. Uh, moisture content is a pro, kind of keeping them all in just one container instead of two. I'm worried about the, the water level of watering. I'm not sure if you're hand watering, if you're auto watering or what, but um, it arguably is easier to just be in that one pot versus dealing with two different ones that you have to kind of monitor. So there are a couple of things that come off the top of my head. What do you guys think? Is that yeah, calm? I think, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Bro. Sorry. I was going to say, you pretty much covered it. When you're looking at diversifying your genetics, you got to think about diversifying your feeding and, and your inputs and how you're going about everything. And it's really tough in some situations with the autos because you can't control that, that veg time. That's the re that's the thing that's kept me away from it more than anything is because some are hit or miss. And then, I can't clone the ones that are hit. You know, that's the tough. I mean, uh, allegedly, the internet says you can, but I mean, what's the point at that point? Cloning so autos? That, yeah. No, you can't. Sorry, Dude. Jesse. I'm sorry. Jesse. Oh, stop it. Stop Uncle it. Jesse? <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, it's just subjective, man. It's really tough. I, I'm a big proponent of making sure you know the cultivar you're dealing with. The first run's the worst run. Sometimes the first is the best, but sometimes it's the worst. Goku, chill out, bro. I gave this cat, speaking of homegrown good, 
homegrown uh, catnip, and he has just been on one for two, like a day and a half now. He's tripping, falling, can't get up. Are you back on your feet? He tears it up. Go, go, go. Anywho's, I don't really like growing autos. A lot of it is because of that reason. It's because my first experience, it won't be the same the next one because that bean could be different. The cultivar slightly variation or slight variation is maybe favorable or not for my garden. And I don't have a big enough space that I'm going to sacrifice it. But, you know, I'd say, uh, you hit it in the head, Chris. I just added words. Yep. We're good at that. Yep. It's just have a you guys ever use, Have you guys ever so, used wedding agents? Use Jadam. Shout out to Green Goblin. Or Jadam, if you're from How's Michigan. How's that work? Uh, essentially, just mix it in with your water and uh, water it in. Or you can use it as a spray. It will help you with uh, uh, IPM as well. And it's, it smells kind of good. He gave it to me in like a liquor bottle. So I get confused sometimes. I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah, that's right. But you can make it yourself. He's got videos on his YouTube channel. We got to get Goblin on again soon, too. He's a, a wealth of knowledge, and he's, his garden is 10 times more and better than what it was when we had him on the show. He's really, really taking it serious. As a content creator, when you're putting everything on the internet, kind of got to step it up, you know? And I feel like when you look at wedding agents, they serve a purpose, especially if you're using something like maybe Cocoa. Um, yeah, depending on your media, definitely is important. But some of them have dual purposes, just like Jadon. It makes water wetter. Somebody said that before. It makes water more <laughs> wetter. Funny. But yeah, I mean, if you have a, a medium that's just completely dried out, you know, using a wetting agent in your water definitely helps. Well, it helps avoid dry pockets too. You don't want to deal yep. with that. You know, a lot of times with your roots, you want everything to be evenly dispersed and have that, that nutrient enriched media evenly dispersed. Because if you get those pockets, especially with salt pockets, we'll say, so to speak, you can run into issues. Definitely. I've had in the past. That was a another toss it, you know, 86 it one for me there was root damage, severe root damage. It was like, I may as well make new roots. You know, and when you're dealing with stuff like that, you may want to consider using a wedding agent. And there's a lot of organic, very, very low cost ones. Yuck is another. Um, again, I can't give him enough shout outs. He's not a sponsor of this channel. He's the homie. Green Goblin is very good at the thrifty DIY uh, organic approach for things, especially like that with a uh, Wedding agents. Yucca. Let's uh, expand on that for a second. Um, so that's actually really confused with yucca. Y-U-C-A. Yucca is a root vegetable. Yucca, Y-U-C-C-A, is a flowering plant. If you look at yucca versus yucca, I mean, Google it and, and you'll see exactly a, a breakdown of that. But we're talking about yucca, the flowering plant, which, yes, is used as a wedding agent. Something I heard about from um, Harley Smith. So he had a great article and maximum yield. If you search Harley Smith, yucca, it'll come up and just explains everything about it. And so once I read that article and actually went through his, uh, he's got a course, um, I ended up starting to use it. And um, yeah, I use it particularly when I have soil that has dried out more than I'd like. Um, so I just kind of use it randomly. Yeah. Is it like, <clears throat> would you like, would it be more advantageous during like a hydro lock situation or no? I think the main thing is, is you want to be able to have it evenly disperse your, your nutrient. It's almost like, I wouldn't say help oh. uptake it, but it's going to help get oh. it into your media properly. So that way everything is, is evenly dispersed for your nutrient and you're having that. Pro science or no? You're getting it. No, there's actual real science to it there. And that's okay. where I think the, uh, somebody mentioned it too, commercial growth setting. We need large scale agriculture. My kids are going hard. They just got home. You may hear doors closed still. We'll hear them. 
good but uh shout out to good parents out there um it's going to prevent wasting nutrients you know what i'm saying you're going to be able to have less runoff because it's going to evenly disperse that water and you're going to use the right amounts when you're doing something like drybacks or when you're really optimizing your your moisture in your media you're going to want to make sure you're getting the most with your inputs and a lot of times using an additive like that is is beneficial you know especially if you can find an organic input that doesn't cost you much good question good yep thank you yep. Yep. Good answer. Good question. what other questions do we have um real quick you know we got I probably time for one more here and i'm not sure how much you can answer this boys because this is not for me but uh millsbury 420 good to see you asks um have you guys heard of making tea with tobacco leaves to get rid of pests slash spider mites the nicotine is a toxin to the pests question mark i stumbled across this and have never heard of it so I used to have a buddy, I shit you not, would take his cigarette butts, puts a bit of gallon of water for the week, and then shake that up. Cigarette butts, mind you, all sorts of other chemicals, all sorts of other chemicals. Shake it up, and that would be his IPM. Never ran into any issues ever. And his smoke wasn't bad ever either. He did it like his clones, but I know, I know, his old nasty cigarette butts, <laughs> ashy gross cigarette butts. He just dropped them in there, and I'm like, Ugh. He also was the type who had one light per plant and swore that, you know, if the plant doesn't yield a pound per light, then it's garbage. It's like, oh, it's that's right. So it's it's a, a situation okay. where subjective, say, say, all bro science, but he used tobacco. And I've heard of natural tobacco leaf as that thing where you, you would more like create your uh, your IPM through there, like a spray using that extraction. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was getting. Chris, go well, ahead. Got to be cheaper got methods on on market, right? You buy a pack of what do you buy in a pack of cigarettes and then turn it into a spray or something, right? So well, you, you got to smoke them first, Chris. Well, <laughs> smoke like I've heard first. people growing a tobacco plant for this purpose, just like growing a companion plant. They're like, well, yeah, mm, I've got okay. a big farm. I'm going to grow a tobacco plant. I'll use that for pesticides. Now, people will do that depending where you live. If you live more south of the equator, I could see that. Um. Or again, yeah, if you're buying organic tobacco or if you're getting bags of this stuff, I mean, it's more expensive depending on where you live, but I really feel like uh, there's all, there's alternatives. Clearly, you're not going to smoke cigarettes and then add them to a gallon of water and spray them on your plants, <laughs> no, other than <laughs> Mark might have. But, you know, the reality of using another natural product to kind of remedy or battle other natural elements, that seems totally plausible to me. 